Hello, Pivoters. Welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU, your podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for making a pivot away from campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts, Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Stuttert pivoted out of campus-based positions and are loving it. Now they are giving back and supporting others doing the same. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Tom Studdert. And I'm Jamie Hoffman. And today I am really excited to welcome someone that I've known for a couple of years now. And not just because I'm excited that he's joined the podcast, but I'm excited about something different that he brings. Uh, Chad Helmlinger was a K-12 educator and made the switch over to corporate learning and development. And full transparency, he's getting ready to make another switch over into product marketing. Uh, with that, Chad, say hello to our listeners. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Tom. So happy to be here on the show. And hi, Jamie. Well, Chad, like I said, we're I'm really ancillary, but it's nice to meet you. No, <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you too. Great to Chad, meet you. We're really excited to have you because, again, our listeners may not know this, but we are trying to uh, define EDU as more than just higher education. We recognize that Jamie and I have a background in higher education, and a good chunk of our listeners. Uh, who joined us from season one do as well. But we're trying to really think about how do we become a little bit more broad in our focus and invite more folks to the table and listening to our podcast. And so um, obviously during this season, we want to sort of start bringing in more K through 12 educators who have made the switch um, and advice that you can give them will be, I think, really valuable. So, you know, just get us started. Uh, You know, what did you do before you uh, went into the quote unquote, corporate space and what made you look to change? Yeah, thank you. Um, Of course. So I actually started um, never thinking I was going to get into education to be completely uh, upfront and transparent. I graduated, my undergraduate degree was in business management, really thought that's where I was headed with my career and had some stumbling blocks there while in college and right after college for a few years. And a friend recommended to me the opportunity to reach out and become a teacher. Thought it was a great fit. Thought um, that I had some some great skill sets that would work well in the classroom. And I wasn't really sure. I, I, I kind of went back and forth with them for about a year, um, battling it out whether we sh- should or shouldn't uh, apply, start getting certified in education. But once I did, I loved it. Um, I, I'd been teaching for 14 years uh, as a public educator in both elementary and middle school level. Uh, I taught at the elementary level first for about 11 of those 14 years, and then my last three at the middle school level. And it was probably, I think, the most exciting part about it was helping students and kids in inner city. Uh, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas, and my first five years as an educator were with students that English was their second language. Uh, they had socioeconomic difficulties. They um, were you know, on free and reduced lunch here in Texas. And so there was a huge reward that came from teaching them, right? Uh, English and exposing them to learning, getting them excited about learning. And that was really what hooked me. And those five years then, like I said, became 14 years of, of really being in education. And I, I bounced around a little bit. So I had the opportunity to work in very affluent school districts within Texas. 
as well as those with a lot of struggles, a lot of budgetary issues as well. And so I kind of have seen a little bit of everything there, but it was always, it's always been a passion in those kind of high needs kind of roles. So mathematics, science were kind of my own passions and areas that were always tons of open positions for. And so I always went after those and, and found a great fit, I think, for myself there. Now, after that, um, what I think what a, one of my passions was is getting into leadership. So mentoring new to profession teachers became these side passions. Uh, I also thought maybe I was going to be in the classroom a whole career, right? 30, 40 years, you know, doing that. And I think things changed over time, but a passion for technology developed. Kids would come in, right, on their phones, uh, on their laptops, in more of these affluent school districts that I started working at. And it was harder and harder to engage and hook them into lessons, right, without that technology piece. And so becoming like a campus technology lead was a huge push for myself, wanting to get into things that kids were interested in, like robotics, computer programming, kind of infusing those into my lessons became something that I wanted to do. But in the meantime, that also developed a passion for pivoting out of education. It's really where that desire for learning more about technology, being interested in business, those things weren't, be, those itches weren't being scratched, if you will, that I went to, to college for. And so it really became this kind of, there's an opportunity to do both. And why shouldn't I learn more about that? Reach out for those types of things, those types of roles that really kind of springboarded a lot of that kind of passion for leaving, for thinking about leaving. In fact, I even left, came back, left and came back multiple times because there was that little mix between loving working with kids, loving like that energy and that culture that a campus brings, but also loving business, right? And loving um, the energy that that brought too. And so it was a little bit of a teeter-totter, I will say, in my career path of back and forth. Super happy where I am now. That's where a lot of that came from is just kind of that not knowing how to get all that you wanted and felt like you could do both in a really successful way. Yeah, I think that's really interesting as well. It sounds, I think you're one of the few that we have um, spoken with that has teeter tottered. We, most people left and haven't gone back. Um, So it's, it's very interesting to hear that. And one of the things I was wondering about as you were explaining your back and forth is just how did you figure out what these core things were that you wanted to have come together into one role? Because we have a fair amount of people who will reach out to us. I mean, sometimes they're like, I want to go into ed tech. And it's like, why? And they, it's usually like ex- extrinsic reasons. Like I want to work remotely. Uh, it's not like I love technology, um, although I would say that personally. But um, but generally, a lot will reach out to us, and they they're like, I know I want to do something different, but I'm not really quite sure what. But it sounds like you were able to like fairly concretely identify that. So I'd love to hear both how you were able to identify those things. Although it sounds like you knew it early on from the business standpoint, but um, then also sort of how did you 
figure out what positions to pursue um, that aligned with those, because especially with your weaving in and out. So you have a few examples of that, I think. And that, that's, I think, helpful for folks who are like, where do I start um, when I want to find something else? Yeah, great question, uh, Jamie. I think maybe I, I misled a little bit there, thinking that it was just a straightforward thing. It was probably a long process, really. And I can give a couple examples to that. I think I was maybe one of those oddball teachers that would go to learning and development trainings and love them, right? Like the passion of the presenter and the hands-on activities that they would have us do, right? As we're learning new software or they were teaching us how to teach students how to do it. That kind of like that train the trainer type of learning and development that would happen. I, I once thought that would be what I wanted to do. That's how I was going to pivot out of the classroom. And I would, after those meetings, go talk with them about how did you do this? Because typically they had backgrounds in education, right? They had taught at a high school level or maybe in, in higher ed. And then they had pivoted into that role. And so I love that presentation piece because it was like, ah, I still can present. I can still, you know, uh, engage listeners and audiences with uh, with my with my trainings, even if I left the classroom. So that was like maybe the first little piece that started there. Then it was that technology piece where it was like, my kids need me to show them apps. My students need me to teach them on websites and have them be creative and do passion projects. And all of these different things that came up in education that we were trying to weave in and out of not only teaching them the curriculum, but also these exciting, engaging pieces, right? Um, one, for example, right, was with computer programming. So Code.org was a huge company that came on and really tried to encourage us to implement and take off time from our curriculum to help students because uh, to, to really get their feet wet with programming because it would only help their math and science skills in the end, Right. And so these types of things really became real passions. I even pursued within education, like I mentioned, we called them gateway teachers. And gateway teachers had that ability to do robotics, to do computer programming, to do project-based learning, which was really missing from the classroom and became mundane for teachers and became mundane for students to be engaged with, right? And so those things kind of propelled me in that direction. And really, that's what I thought I was going to do. It's going to stay in education, but be education adjacent, right? So technology, software, uh, pre presenter, uh, professional development type of roles. That's really where I started thinking. And then ultimately, it just kind of blossomed more into me, not only picking the brains of those types of folks that I would interact with, but also all of my friends and family that weren't in education. So once I heard more from them, it became very clear that that's where I wanted to go. Um, and we can get into that probably later in other questions, but other reasons for that became obvious that I think teachers struggle with, right? Some, you know, things like maybe I'll, I'll give you a sneak peek of those, but maybe burnout, right? Maybe uh, career ladder opportunities, right? Compensation opportunities as well become very challenging at that point, right? Keeping up with inflation and, and cost of living and quality of life kind of components came into to play there. But I would say those were definitely the how I got to that final decision 
And then having family just say, you can do it. Let me help you. We're looking for people like educators to, to take on these roles that have that experience. And so feel confident that you're a good fit, a good candidate to apply for these types of roles outside of education. And that's really what gave me the confidence to do it. Yeah. Uh, full transparency to our listeners, Chad and I work together. Um, and I uh, am very excited that he works with our company. Um, uh, you know, for those of you who know, who have who've been following our podcast, you know, I've hired quite a few folks from the education space, but Chad was the first sort of K through 12 person. And what I really love about working with Chad, and and and, and I think that that's coming across even here is uh, a K through 12 educator has that unique ability to stand up in front of a room and sort of, you know, edutain, right? There's an education and there's an entertainment part to what K through 12 educators have to do. And that is extremely transferable to the L and D space. Um, and, and I think one Chad does a great job of that. And I think that that's coming through here, but Chad, I'm curious sort of that next step, right? So you've made the decision that you want to, to move. You've made, you've sort of consulted with friends and family. You you have that confidence, but what did you do to make yourself stand out when you finally made the decision to start applying for roles? What what was it that sort of helped you be the candidate that folks would look at? Yeah, this is something honestly I struggled with. Right, that's where the lack of confidence came in a lot of the time. Is how can I project myself as a great fit when I really don't have that exact experience in those types of roles? And I think with a lot of advice and a lot of questioning and and getting support from from my network really helped me, I think one takeaway or one piece that I would encourage listeners to think about is your soft skills really, really matter. Um, And they are transferable into the business world very simply by just changing the terminology, right? So presentation skills, training skills. You were doing that as an educator. It was just in front of young leaders, right? Young scholars. It wasn't in front of adults per se. And some of the things like being flexible, uh, managing so many things that are thrown at you at once, right? These are all awesome skills that business leaders want in their employees, right? And so one of the things that I think was also super helpful is thinking about like, as an educator, we're all aware that learning styles matter for our students. So meeting them at their interests, what they're passionate about and really hooking them. The same thing was applicable in in L&D roles, right? You have someone on the other line that you're talking to, that you're video conferencing with, they have a particular role, they have a particular need, and you need to uncover it and you need to meet them there, right? So those kind of soft skills, I think are super helpful, but a couple more that I'll just briefly mention here, right? Great communication, great follow-up, that grit and persistence to find out if you don't know the answer to something, right? Uh, that lifelong learner component, right? I think those things really, really, really matter because they can be taught. Uh, I think, Tom, I've, I've heard you say this multiple times, I think to our team, you want that person that can come in with that, you can teach the other ancillary skills of a specific product, a specific trait or quality that you want that employee to have. But coming in with that 
experience, whether it's from education or retail or fitness backgrounds or hospitality, those things really matter, those soft skills. And I think once that light bulb went off for me, that's when I finally had the confidence. And that's what I would recommend to others. Spin it in a way that you do have the experience. It's just now got to match more of that, that new role you're going after. And, and people will help you do that. You're not going to know that at the beginning, but definitely reach out to people, get advice for how to do that and make that shift. Awesome. And, and as you do make that shift and think about the transferability of your skills and presumably, you know, adjust your resume accordingly, um, what advice do you have on where folks can find positions in L&D specifically? Yeah, I think at first, my first pivot out of education, I wouldn't have known this. It's, it's, it's taken a little bit of time. I I am a huge fan, and I think it's a great suggestion for people to start. You, if you don't have a LinkedIn, if you don't have a Twitter, you need to create one immediately. And I think in post-COVID, we're getting close to post-COVID here, I think more and more folks are willing to connect and put 15 minutes on their calendar to talk with you, to meet you, to give you advice. And it doesn't take many attempts before you're going to get someone that's willing to do it. I think there are more folks out there on social media willing to help you. I think this podcast is a great example of that as well, to get advice and suggestions from from people that have done it before. But when I was in education, it actually started with Twitter. Uh, we, We kind of, that was a big push internally for all of our employees, all of the teachers and educators to start learning and collaborating online via Twitter learning from educational leaders. And then I think the the big difference in business is probably LinkedIn is probably a little bit uh, more of a go-to than than Twitter. But I would say both of those are great places to start. And in my transition into multiple roles, uh, working with Tom, it's really been just reaching out to people and having great, great folks take a little bit of time from their day to allow you to pick their brain, learn about their day-to-day responsibilities, and also get advice. I think a lot of people are very willing to just provide you with suggestions on how to do these things, and they're all just easily accessible online these days. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, we talk a lot, Chad, about the power of LinkedIn and and you know, I think in in education, and you know, I'll speak specifically to higher education, and you can correct me if it's wrong for K through 12. We think of LinkedIn as like an online resume. And what I try to remind folks is that no, LinkedIn is a social media site. And it's it's much more a part of a digital identity than just your online resume. And the more you can use LinkedIn to all of its benefits, not just you know, sort of a historical record of where you've worked and what college you've gone to, um, the more you can sort of invest in your LinkedIn. Uh, profile, the better results you're going to get. Uh, just like you know, investing in a, in a quality resume, investing in sort of interview prep, you know, all that sort of goes hand in hand. Um, so, Chad, uh, you know, again, full disclosure, uh, I have sunk my heart into Chad and helping him become you know this amazing corporate L and D person, and he's leaving me to go take on a new role at our company, which is actually really great because that role is is definitely somebody that I would I am excited to have somebody that we've sort of trained to be in that role. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've, you've pivoted out of education into L&D, which has a little bit of an education flavor. 
Now you're pivoting into product marketing, which I also think has a little bit of an education flavor. But tell us a little bit about what you're going to do in that new role and how you made that transition. But also, like, do you now feel more comfortable applying for corporate roles because of the fact that you've had some experience in quote unquote business? Yeah, happy to. Um, so the the new role I'm pivoting into as a product marketing manager, it, I think you're absolutely right. It, it has this component of education that's still uh, an underlying theme in that role. Well, the goal really is, is trying to increase customer education and knowledge of products so that they adopt them more readily. And that uh, bottom line, we close more deals and, and bring on more customers that are interested in those products because we've marketed to them in a way that is appealing, right? To their use case, to what they're looking to, to gain or leverage. And so I think that was definitely the excitement there. I say, I definitely say I have a lot more to learn in, in feeling more and more comfortable with corporate interviews. I think it came supernaturally in education, 14 years, of course, it's hard to compare versus uh, my first few years, but definitely the more you do it, the more comfortable I've become. And I think that there is some, some unique differences. The types of questions that you're going to receive, I think, um, are, are very important in interviews uh, with business roles that you're, that you're reaching out for. Specifically, things like great use case examples of how were you able to uh, persuade colleagues? What kind of leadership skills were you able to do? How were you able to take a really challenging situation and turn it into a success? And I think at some point, you got you to gotta be relying now on your business resume, your experience in those roles, and you can't, you can no longer go back to your education experiences and use those as examples. They kind of fall by the wayside. And so the more I've done it, it has gotten a little easier, but to be completely upfront in my experience, right, I still have so much to learn there and, and to feel more comfortable there because it's trying to really gain more of that experience so that you have more to rely on when you're answering a lot of those questions. So, uh, but, but super excited for the new role. Very sorry to be leaving your team directly, Tom, but I'm excited that we're still somewhat connected and at the same company. It's okay. I have quote unquote forgiven you only because you are going into a role that is going to eventually support what we do. Um, I think Chad, you know this, like I adore working with you. So we will definitely miss the day to day, but your impact is going to be felt even more so. So pivoting out of EDU. We'll be right back after this quick message. Coaching Through It is a podcast hosted by myself, Laura Pasquini, and Julie Larson. We're two former higher education professionals who made the jump to corporate life and now are learning what professional coaching is all about. Coaching Through It will offer you and explain what coaching actually is and how it might help your pivot out of EDU and support your career transition. We'll be digging into coaching tools, techniques, and resources that we find useful. Not only will you get these tools, but you'll find out what's useful for you and where you're at in your career. We're both career coaches and support transitions and pivots. And we have a number of other coaches you might want to learn from as we feature them on interviews on the pod. And let's get real. We've been friends for over a decade, so you might just hear an episode or two of us coaching one another. And a bit of real talk of what it's like to be in the world of work and how transitions and pivots happen today. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as we'll be coaching through it. And now back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'll miss you. Well, likewise. hey, listen, I appreciate the the education because it was funny. Tom's like, and of course, I think there's a lot of similarities between a product marketing role. And I'm thinking, really? 
I don't, I don't see that at all. But um, Chad, you, um, you have educated me. I, <laughs> I do see the similarities now. Um, and uh, thanks for that. I, I do want to follow up though, asking about that, like what um, led to, <laughs> you feel comfort. I mean, if it's your hatred to a Dom, don't say it. But um <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it probably is. He's terrible. (laughs) But yeah, the worst, um, right? No, I'm just, I'm curious, like of all of the things that you could maybe do next, um, I'm curious what like sparks your interest about that and how that fits into your like sort of things that you wanted to do. And then I have a second question. It's not even a part B because it's not at all related. But don't worry, I won't test you on whether you remember them. I'll just ask it to you if you forget. But um, we love to find out from folks, especially in your like first pivot, how was your day one different um, from your sort of first day of school to first day in the job? But first curious about, um, you know, how bad Tom was and and why you wanted to stick with him. And, and let's be let's be clear, Chad, I'm also really interested to know why you chose to leave. <laughs> Um, no, it's, it's definitely wasn't Tom for sure. Teasing aside, uh, Tom, like I said, Tom is the one that first gave me the opportunity to pivot out of education. I'll be forever grateful to him and the team. I really think the the product marketing side really became that passion of what we talked about a little bit earlier, right? It's, um, the L and D role was great. You're onboarding customers, you're, you're presenting them with all of the information that they need to know to be successful with this huge purchase they just made and how they can, you know, get return on their investment for, from purchasing your software. And I think the, the product marketing role just took that to the next level. It, it provided us an op- provided me an opportunity to work with that customer a little bit further in that journey as well. So they've already adopted, they've already become great users of it. Now it's when new features are happening, why they want to continue to use it, how they can mm. add that to their daily workflow and routine. I think that was something that that really excited me. And it also excited me to be more involved with where the product was going. So as it's evolving, as it's improving, I have more of a direct role in that in, in, in comparison to the L&D role, which is a little bit more um, you know, adjacent to that. And so that was kind of exciting as well. Uh, again, nothing to do with Tom. I, I, I'd rather bring Tom with me if I could, right? But he's he's very he's in the right place. But um, this isn't an episode about Tom pivoting out of his role. So we definitely want to make sure that that's, that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but, I, don't, um, I don't think well, I'd be allowed to. <laughs> yeah, that was that was partly that. And then go ahead. Oh, I was going to, no, before the day one, I just wanted to mention something, but go, are you, are you, do you have more on that one? Please. That was it. Yeah. I was just, I was just going to say, like, I, I just want to highlight that that's a really cool thing that I have seen happen so much more often in corporate roles than in campus-based positions. And by that, I mean, being able to like pretty much leave one functional area and go to another, even if it's very similar, but you don't often see like in at least higher ed, you don't often see people move from like admissions to student support, especially as they advance in their career. Like you become a, 
you know, student leadership person or a student affairs person. We would not go work in HR or the finance of the, you know, university. And I, I would imagine similar for, for K through 12, but, um, I've seen that as well in my own experience. And I have enjoyed getting to see people say, I just want to learn more about marketing and, you know, they're able to make that transition. Um, so anyway, I, I just think that's a cool thing. So, yeah. Um, so tell us about day one. Yeah, day one. Did you wow. have screaming Tom <laughs> shouting at you just like screaming kids or no? That didn't No, no, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> day one as an educator, right? It's like sink or swim in K through twelve, right? Day yeah. one, you you meet your kids, they're thrown into your classroom and you're expected to teach them and wow them and excite them and make them like you and love showing up for day two, right? Uh, get get to know their names and who they are and talk to them about all the exciting things you're going to do for the school year. Um, much different in in business day one, um, but but also very highly effective, right? You're coming in. I came in personally feeling scared, excited, you know, nervous, had a lot of anxiety. And I think uh, they did a fantastic job of getting a, a nice group of people around you, right? So you're going to meet people in HR. You would, you got some time to kind of slowly meet a bunch of colleagues. And in fact, uh, I was a day one twice with Tom, once uh, pre-COVID in person and once virtually uh, at, during the, the pandemic. And so I actually got to experience both of those day ones, if you will, two day ones. And they were both fantastic because it was really all of that support all of that scheduling was provided for you to really jumpstart that first day, make you feel successful and take care of all the like nuts and bolts of things. Like just things like questions you had about email and devices and where you're going to sit and what are your responsibilities and who did you, who do you go to when you have a question? Those kind of things were fantastic. Totally took away that whole sink or swim feeling of being an educator, right? Just being thrown into the deep end. But it, it definitely had its perks in doing that and made you feel very comfortable very quickly. Whereas as, a, as an educator, I think it takes a few years to still feel comfortable on day one with new students showing up in your classroom and meeting them for the first time and trying to start that whole process over and over again. It has great benefits too, but I think I would definitely prefer that the day one in, in corporate world any time of, of the year would be great. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that your day one twice was, was good with us. Um, so Chad, as we close up, uh, just one last quick question. Uh, current K through 12 educator comes to you and says, Hey, any advice, you know, and you had to sum it up in sort of like one sentence, what would that be? I think, um, the first piece of advice I would say is to not feel guilty about doing it if it's something you're interested in. If you're if you're passionate about pivoting, you need to do it because um, you know, and we'll help you along the way. Whatever that 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 is going to make you take away some of that anxiety, I would be I would, I'd be a resource. I can encourage you to reach out to a million other people that will help you along that that journey. But I I would say it's don't second guess yourself. If it's something you're thinking about, go for it. You can do it. And you have the skill set that is going to make you someone of huge interest that reaches out for those roles. So I would definitely encourage people, try to be their cheerleader 
that, that it's something they definitely can do. And we can definitely give you this, the advice to get there. Wow. Well, that's absolutely perfect, Chad. Thank you so much for that 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 advice for our for our listeners. I think if I had to sum up exactly sort of what we stand for behind our podcast, it's exactly that is, you know, if you have made the if you've made the decision, throw your hat into the ring uh, because it it can be worthwhile for you. Um, and and the resources that are there to support you are 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 numerous, including our podcast. So Chad, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you both about uh, you know, your time working with us, um, but also uh, your pivot from K through 12 into working in corporate. Uh, thank you again to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. As always, join us next week for another guest story related to a pivoting out of education. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. If you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, visit our website for advice and resources and learn Jamie and Tom's private consultations offered to support you in your journey. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating.